Uh, this is Skip Lockwood, and you're listening to Mets Musing. I was a pitcher, a relief pitcher, a closer with the New York Mets. I have a new book out called Inside Pitch, Mets Musing. Thank you very much. This, this is, is Len and Jeff, Jeff from Baseball and, and Barbecue. And the one place to go for New York Mets news, past week game reviews, upcoming series previews, interviews, analysis, opinion, and, and what's, what's going, going down, down on the farm. farm. It's, it's Mets Musings with Gary Mack. So keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. Hello and welcome to Mets Musings episode number 326. Hope everybody had a great week out there. The Mets started off pretty good. Came home, they swept the Diamondbacks, and then the Marlins came into town, and they lost two out of three to the lowly Marlins. How do you lose two out of three games to the lowly Marlins? Terrible. No offense. And the worst part was the way they lost last night. one nothing lead on the strength of a Brandon Nimmo home run. They call in their reliever, the closer, Jerice Familia, three outs he had to get. When they left the field, they were losing two to one. One, two, three in the bottom of the ninth, and they lost. You cannot trust Familia with a one-run lead. I know he saved one Friday and Saturday. But you especially can't trust him with a one-run lead when DeGrom pitches because he always seems to lose the game for DeGrom. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why. But he just doesn't seem to uh, get the job done. And it's quite a shame because DeGrom pitched a masterpiece. Didn't have the good stuff. Battled and fought his way through. And gets a no decision. Really, uh, <laughs> what can you say? Now, I know a lot of people on Facebook were saying, oh, it's the offense. They got to score more. They got to score more. That's all true. But Familiar's job is is to get three outs in that game, to hold that one run lead, and he didn't. Doesn't matter what the score is. Doesn't matter if it's five to four, if it's three to two, if it's one to nothing, or 11 to 10. He didn't get the job done. And, and excuse me, but the pitching gurus of Dave Island and Mickey Calloway, who we sold on, told us that these guys were pitching gurus. They're going to fix this. 
and they're analytics guys, and they're going to go by the analytics. Well, didn't the analytics tell them that the Marlins that they were facing in the top of the ninth have hit familiar hard throughout his career? They all hit like 500 against him except for Castro. And yet we left them in. Where were the analytics then? Where were the sabermetricians calling from the front office? And another thing about Callaway, he said there was no defined roles when he took the job. But yet he's got familiar closing. Anybody will close, he said. But then why does Familiar have 14 saves and Gazelman's got one? And a few splatters here and there. And couldn't you see from the dugout that he had nothing? I was sitting at home. I could see the sinker wasn't sinking. Nelson Figueroa said the sinker wasn't sinking. And yet the pitching gurus were right there. They couldn't tell. They couldn't yank him after the first couple of guys got on. This is just a pure viewing of a guy and his staff trying to learn how to manage and throw on it that they're managing in the National League. It's not the American League. It's not so easy. Callaway said he wasn't going to have pitches get up only if they were going into the game. Paul Seawall was up. He never got in the game. So it's a litany of things. But this comes down to Familia. It comes down to Callaway. And it comes down to Scrappy Sandy. And I'll say it again. The game has passed him by. He built his team on pitching when everybody else was building their teams on batting. He's a step behind the times. And we can't afford it. He's probably down on the Social Security office seeing what old player he can get to sign next. Sandy, maybe you ought to give Jesse Orozco a call. Or Roger McDowell. Maybe they can close the game. They're only in their 50s, 60s maybe, early 60s. That fits right in with your scheme. Let's hire old, broken-down players. Jose Batista, he signs. 37 years old. The guy hasn't had a good year in three years. We'll sign him because we need a right-handed hitting bat. There isn't another right-handed hitting bat that can play the outfield in God's green earth other than Jose Batista. 
And then he signs, let's see, who did he sign now? Uh, Aaron Laffey, who was with the team in 2013, 33 years old, signed him off an Atlantic League team. And a 30-year-old shortstop, Joey Wong, to fill out the minor leagues. Once again, searching the scrap heap for players. They better have a good draft this year because they need to. And maybe with Omar Minaya there, they will. But if you leave it in the hands of Scrappy Sandy, who knows who they're going to try to sign or draft. It's pathetic. He's got to go. His time has come and gone. And I know everybody wants the Will Ponds to sell. They're not going to sell, folks. Let's be honest. They're not going to sell. And really, what have they done to interfere with Scrappy Sandy? Really, quite nothing. They let him sign Cespedes. They gave him money for that. They let him sign Bruce. It's it's Sandy. He's not putting together a team that's that good. And he's relying on his stupid analytics and sabermetrics, except when it counts, like last night when Familia shouldn't have been pitching to those guys. Bohr was hitting 500 off of him. Dietrich was hitting 500 off of him. It seemed like everybody that came up was hitting four, five hundred against Familia in their careers. And so I asked the question, why is he out there? Only Mickey Calloway can answer that. In his no-defined roles bullpen. All right, let's play a voicemail we got, and let's see if there's more agitation. It's from Jerry in Long Island. Jerry? Oh, this, this is Jerry from Long Island. Here's a suggestion for the next bullpen problems. Uh, since uh, Familia's been blowing games lately... So how about the idea of a uh, bullpen by committee until they have a closer that uh, closes out the games? Thank you. Well, I think that's what we talked about. Do a bullpen by committee. That's what it was supposed to be. No defining roles. And yet he keeps going to familiar in these kind of situations. I know, I know. You got to have a closer, but he's not getting the job done. So let's go to somebody else and see whether or not they can do the job. That's simple. Got to try other people. You want to call it a bullpen by committee? Call it a bullpen by committee. 
But you got to try to get these things done. We can't afford to lose games like last night. Nationals had lost. The Braves had lost. Phillies had won. Perfect opportunity. Had the lead. Three outs to go. And again, yes, the offense is putrid. But who built this offense? And again, doesn't matter what the score is. He needs to get the job done. So does that mean you only can put him into games where they're leading five to three to give him a cushion? I wouldn't even trust him in those games. Personally, I wouldn't trust him in any games now. Very reminiscent of Armando Benitez. Now they go on the road to Milwaukee and Atlanta, two division-leading teams. And we'll see what these next few days bring, but I don't know. Uh, Callaway's decision-making, his handling of the bullpen. It looked good in the beginning of the year, but now it's it's just now you're seeing all the floors come out. And then once again, they don't play the young guys enough. They don't play Galorme enough to get him, let him get started. Tough to get started when you're sitting on the bench. Thank goodness Nemo is a different kind of ball player. He can get rolling, it seems, and knows how to get prepared and come off the bench. And now he's starting, and he's doing a good job. But when Cespedes comes back, he'll probably be back on the bench again. Oh, it'll put him on the bench so uh, Jose Batista can strike out three times in a game. It's nothing really against Jose Batista. It's just the fact that it's another guy off the scrap heap. And it gets a little tiring after a while. All right, let's take a break and be back with some other news and notes, and then we'll go down on the farm and all kinds of other fun little stuff. So uh, stay tuned, and we'll be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com, along with Mets Musings and other great baseball podcasts. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. 
This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webly.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at FightinPhillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Musings. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment voicemail hotline. If you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at MetsMusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash MetsMusings. And I'm back, and let's check out some uh, Mets news that you may have missed. Kevin Plawecki started a catcher and went one for three with a two-run homer. Wednesday night as he began a rehab assignment with the AAA Las Vegas 51s. Plawecki has been out since April 11th due to a hairline fracture in his left hand. Grip strength in Plawecki's left hand doubled earlier this month, and he began a hitting progression shortly after. Um, Hansel Robles also uh, is down there, and hopefully he'll stay there. Uh, but he is down for his rehab assignment as well. More on that a little bit later. Uh, Lenny Dykstra, the baseball bad boy, who starred for the New York Mets and Philadelphia Phillies in the 80s and 90s, is in trouble once again. Dykstra was arrested early Wednesday after police in New Jersey alleged he threatened to kill his Uber driver, while carrying a variety of drugs. Uh, from the Courier Post, 
The driver ran from the car, told officers that moments earlier he had picked up Dykstra in Linden for a scheduled fare. Dykstra tried to change the destination, and when the driver refused, Dykstra allegedly put a weapon to his head and threatened to kill him. No weapon was located, but police said they did recover a quantity of cocaine, MDMA, and marijuana among Dykstra's belongings. He was arrested and uh, free on bail. And this guy just can't stay out of trouble. I don't know what he's doing, Lenny, but Lenny, Lenny, Lenny. You got to get it together because uh, you're going nowhere fast. The wild man is uh, caught again, and, and he, you know he was in prison a few years back for six months. I think he did a six-month stretch there, and um, looks like he may be going back again. Who knows? But Lenny, 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 terrible. All right, time to go. Time to go down on the. No, that was loud. All right, last night Las Vegas defeated Sacramento four to three. We said we told you about Plawecki hitting a two-run home run. He left in the sixth in a planned uh, replacement to help ease him back into shape. Dominic Smith had a great night at the plate, collecting three hits, one of which was a double. Cody Ash homered in the first. It has hit for a lot of power since joining the Mets organization. Ty Kelly put the 51s ahead, 4-1 to one in the sixth with a RBI single, which proved to be enough for the win. Corey Oswalt got his up-and-down season back on track, allowing... Only three hits and one earned run in six solid innings. His command, which has been of an issue lately, was much better as he did not allow a walk. Hansel Robles gave up a run. No surprise there. Seems like he's rounding back into shape. I'm sure they're going to call him up uh, as soon as he uh, blows a couple of games for Vegas, gives up a lot of runs. He'll be ready to come back to the Mets then. Richmond beat Binghamton twice yesterday, 3-1 to one in the first game and 4-1 to one in the second game. Enabled uh, Chris Matt, the struggle for Binghamton. He allowed five consecutive two-out hits to Richmond batters. And uh, Flying Squirrels took a 3-1 lead and never looked back. David Roseboom pitched two scoreless innings to close out the shortened game. Um since being demoted from Kansas, from Kansas, from Las Vegas, Roseboom has a 1.80 ERA in 10 appearances. Joey Wong, the other senior citizens that the uh, Scrappy Sandy took off the scrap heap, made, made his debut for the Rumble Ponies after signing a minor league contract with the Mets. The 30-year-old shortstop instantly provided success at the plate by getting on base in all three of his plate appearances. Of course, it was his double-A ball. Jeff McNeil continued his success at the plate, reaching first base twice with two walks. In the second game, the 4-1 to game, the only run scored on a Peter Alonzo run-scoring swing of the night when he slugged the solo home run to center field. Alonzo has 12 home runs now and may should be up with the big team. Or maybe, at least with Las Vegas. 
St. Lucie lost to, uh, they defeated, excuse me, Clearwater 8-3. They are 18-22 and 22 on the year. Desmond Lindsay um, got a couple of hits in this game. Luis Carpio and uh, Ryder Ryan, who was uh, involved in the Jay Bruce trade last e season, continued his dominant year at St. Lucie. is not allowed to run in his last five appearances. And Columbia beat 6-5 to five over West Virginia. First baseman Jeremy Vasquez continues to impress the unheralded prospect from Nova Southeastern University. Reached base twice and drove in two runs and is now hitting a 308 for the Fireflies. And his 898 OPS leads Columbia and ranks seventh in the Sally League. So Jeremy Vasquez, another one of those guys that we never heard of that is having a uh, phenomenal uh, season down there in A ball. And double A Binghamton second baseman Jeff McNeil has been tearing Eastern League pitching apart all season and was rewarded Monday by being named Eastern League Player of the Week. McNeil hit 389 with five home runs, 13 RBI, and an 833 slugging percentage. He shares the league lead with 12 home runs and had a 12-game hit streak earlier this year, the longest in the Eastern League this far. Mets left-handed prospect David Peterson continued his dominance on Sunday for low A Columbia, firing seven innings while allowing two runs, one earned, on five hits while walking none, striking out seven. The 22-year-old Peterson has allowed just two earned runs over his last 26 innings. Overall, Peterson has a 1.91 ERA and a 1.01 whip with 32 strikeouts in 37.2 innings this season. And sources report that the Mets have released shortstop Colby Woodmancy. Also reported, the Mets have released Binghamton Rubble Ponies reliever Johnny Magliosi. Woodmancy, 23, was the Mets' 2016 fifth-round draft pick at Arizona State University. He had a strong start to his professional career, hitting 257 with 11 doubles, two homers, and 29 RBI in 64 games for the Brooklyn Cyclones. Of note, in a draft heavily on middle infielders and shortstop, Woodmancy was the prospect who won the shortstop job, and on the strength of that season, he was assigned to St. Lucie to serve as the team's shortstop in 2017. Woodmancy would experience injuries during the 2017 season, which limited him to just 54 games. Unfortunately, he would suffer further injuries, and he is currently on rehab, and apparently was expected to miss the entire season, so they released him. He's 23. Had a couple of bad years. Uh, I liked him. New York Penn All-Star, his first year when he played for the Cyclones. I don't know. I don't give a guy a chance, I guess, anymore. Maybe instead of sending him to St. Lucie, he should have went to Columbia. Doesn't mean he wouldn't have got injured, but who knows. Magliosi was the Mets' 2013 17th round draft pick from the University of Florida. After a good season for St. Lucie last year, we had a 3.19 ERA and a 1.108 whip. 
He has struggled for Binghamton, going 0-1 with a 10.29 ERA and a 3.00 whip in five appearances. Well, maybe you need to give him a little bit more time. But I guess he wasn't old enough for Scrappy Sandy. He likes those double-A players to be 30 and above, maybe even 40, 50, who knows. You never know with the Scrapmeister. All right. Well, in case you noticed in the back there, uh, right above my finger, if you're watching the video, if there even is a video, is Mr. Matt as Han Solo. Yes, went to the game on Saturday night. Got my bobblehead, Han Solo with Chewbacca. And sitting right up there and had a great time. So get out to the ballpark when you can whether it be in New York or wherever you may be, Binghamton, Las Vegas, St. Lucie, Columbia, Hudson Valley, Brooklyn, Staten Island, wherever you are, get out to the ball game. All right, so the Mets are hitting the road now. Four with Milwaukee, four in Atlanta before they come home to face the Cubs. Ugh. What a tough stretch. This is going to be seven, ten, ten or eleven games. Seven on the road, four at home. Got a doubleheader coming up. This is going to be some stretch, folks. Again, we're going to have a make or break part of the season. And so we'll see where that all leads to. But. We'll be here next week to talk about it. So keep watching, keep listening to us. And remember to keep the faith. Stay optimistic sometimes, really. And let's go. See you next week.